Christ. All right, I think we should be ready to go. Oh, did, did we hit it? We hit it. We're going. Oh, we are so back. I don't know what season slash episode we're on at this point, Joshua. Um, uh, season two, episode fourteen ish. Um, I believe we're just going to be covering because did we do the divisional round? I'm trying to remember when our last we, episode. We did was. the divisional round. We didn't do the championship round. Um, well, I guess we didn't do a recap of the divisional round. We did a preview. Got it. Okay, I thought so. Um, fuck. All right, well, I guess we're just going to be recapping just the conference championships for the sake of time, go over some uh, coaching hires. Really only need to talk about one. But um, let's see, what was the first one we want to talk about? Let's go with, I guess, probably just go in order. Ravens, Chiefs, Chiefs 17, Ravens 10. Maybe the worst three hours of my life. I want Sherm to go first since he is on the record as picking the the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Fair. I feel like I'll be quicker than either of you. Um, I'll just say Chiefs D for starters. I mean, I know there were some huge swing plays that could have gone either way, and the refs were objectively bad. But I, as going into the game, like not being that nervous of who was going to win either way, I uh, was still kind of disappointed with how it played out. I wanted it to be like 17-17 or 20-20, something like that, going into overtime just for a better watch. But, I mean, the Chiefs D proved – all the doubters, if there were any, wrong. Three turnovers, four sacks. Um, and, I, I mean, yes, the Ravens played bad and had a bad game plan and the refs were bad, but they had so many chances to, like, keep the game close, if not win it, that I don't think you can blame the officiating. So I think just the fact that the Chiefs have uh, – They've ridden their defense all season, but the fact that once getting into the playoffs, they've just completely stopped the turnovers and mistakes, save a few penalties and stuff, it's really made all the difference in the world. So, I mean, they played a great game. It was a disappointing and borderline unrecognizable performance by the Ravens after, like, the past at least six weeks or so. But, uh, yeah. Josh, would you go. like me to go next, or would you like to save me for the end? Um, I'll go next. It's okay. Um, I'll start from the Ravens' perspective, because I need to try and procrastinate on what I'm going to say about Mahomes as long as possible. Um, <clears throat> first things first, if I see one more fucking idiot on Instagram or Twitter that we know be like, the NFL is rigged, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Let's get that out of the way now. Yeah, uh, the NFL is scripted people. Are, I am on record. They are the worst people on the planet. Yeah, I'm sure they would put the four best quarterbacks in the NFL in the huge media markets of Missouri, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they would keep a football team out of L.A. for like 30 years and then – 
have the Jets be irrelevant forever and Dallas never even get to a conference championship again. Anywho, um, Todd Munkin, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, I will say keep that same energy that everyone was saying fire Greg Roman. Guess who would have never abandoned the run? Greg fucking Roman. To a fucking fault. Like, I just don't understand what they were doing. I mean, it was 7-7 to going into the – after the first quarter. Like, run the fucking ball. It's not like they went down 17 nothing and they were trying to fight and claw their way back. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, as someone that dislikes both teams, it was, like – kind of funny to watch because you know anytime Lamar is forced to th- throw the ball and like play a traditional drop back type game this is what's going to happen um so seeing him crumble in the playoffs yet again was awesome but yeah the game plan in and of itself was probably the worst I've ever seen um I don't hear a fucking word about the referees like they've been bad all year they've been bad for everybody all year like how about this, Zay Flowers, when you're losing by two scores, don't fucking taunt, dumbass, just for you to end up fumbling the ball through the end zone, dumbass. So I don't, I don't want to hear a fucking bear. I, I'm just so tired of hearing people like try and blame the officials. Like, oh, Travis Kelsey was talking shit all game. All right, yeah, sure, that might be true, but he didn't fucking stand over a guy that was on the ground. So I, I just... I'm so tired of hearing the excuses. Um, the That game falls solely – I shouldn't say solely. 90% of that game, I think, personally falls on to Todd Munkin because um, I don't think he set Lamar up for success. But also at this point in his career, I feel like Lamar should have um, enough goodwill built in to be able to, like, audible and be like, all right, fuck this. We're running the fucking ball. There's plenty of scenarios where he could have taken off and didn't. Like, that first scramble he had, I think it was on fourth down. Like, he was just, like, saying essentially, please tackle me. Like, three years ago, he just would have fucking taken off and probably scored. I don't know if he's gotten slower or what. But I think you guys you guys know what play I'm talking about? The fourth and one? Yeah, where he ended up getting, like, what, like 18 yards but could have scored? I, I thought he would have – I thought he was gone. And then he was just, like, looking around and, like, just kind of, like, fell down. It was just weird. Um, the the Ravens' defense, I mean, can't say enough about them. Especially in the second half. I mean, to shut out Kansas City in the second half. If you would have told me going into the game the Chiefs would score 17 points, I would say there's no chance in hell the Ravens lost. Um. So, shout-out Mike McDonald, new head coach of the Seahawks. Um, but on to the Chiefs. I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, I respect the hell out of Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. Um, he's probably going to go down as the best ever by most people. I still think at their best – Versus his best, I would take Aaron Rodgers in his prime or Josh Allen at his A-plus game. But nobody is consistently 
as good as Mahomes. I mean, his postseason numbers are just outrageous. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to go throw up now, but Josh, the floor is yours. Yeah, we touched on most of the points from the game as far as, like, the Ravens coming in with a game plan that just didn't match anything that led to their success all season on offense. Um, The turnovers from Lamar that we hadn't seen in a few weeks. The Zay Flowers taunt, feet, fumble two plays later. Um, I believe I sent my first it's over text at around the three-minute mark of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, vibes were low from the snap. (laughs) I think Patrick Mahomes started like 10 for 10, and Travis Kelsey ended the day 11 catches on 11 targets. So at no point did we come with a full, well-rounded game plan. The defense did, as we talked about, get the correct halftime speech. Um, The defensive coach must have told them, get some stops, this isn't over. While the offensive coach must have been like, guys, we can't run the ball anymore. We are down 10 points with an entire half of football to play. (laughs) So I don't think those two sides of the ball were on the same (laughs) game (laughs) on the same game plan but yeah I mean I I don't know where I put most blame probably Lamar Zay Flowers and Todd Munkin I mean you cannot fumble on the half inch line in in a situation which you would have been going down three points um that was just that was really the dagger that that ended up doing it oh um And on top of that, just rule of thumb, don't fucking reach unless it's fourth down. Yeah, especially, yeah, if you, you, being down at the one's not going to kill you. It was, I think it was becoming first down with that catch regardless. So first down from the one. They probably would have ran the ball then. Probably not. We probably would have just thrown it four (laughs) times and turned it over on downs anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Found the uh, dead man's chest two yard offense. Oh yeah, <laughs> just r- just throw it four times. <laughs> we can, there's no way we can miss four times in a row. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about all I have on the game. It was just very sad to watch the effort we put out after all of the hype going into the game, after uh, the performance all season. The offensive coordinator had turned things around and then just, as we mentioned, just reverted to this is all the OC's fault. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, paying thousands of dollars to go sit there and watch that. I felt bad for the people we knew at the game, if they're still alive. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, just bring it back to the whole Lamar thing before we move on. To kind of agree with both of you, like, the game plan was bad, but he also, like, objectively played bad. Like, again, if Flowers doesn't fumble, and then instead of throwing a pick into triple coverage in the end zone, you literally kneel the ball three times, it's a tie (laughs) game. So, I mean, 
there's that, but I, I also agree with the whole running thing. Like, I almost feel like he's so in his own head now that, like, he shouldn't run. Like, he left 50 yards of scrambling on the table, and they only ran the ball, I think it was eight times, like, actual running plays. And yeah, you, six, I, I have... six handoffs to running backs. Yeah, it was, like, Flower two jet head. sweeps, and then yeah. Lamar ran a few times. Okay, so, yeah, it was, like, eight touches. And correct me if I'm wrong again, but I think they got, like, a collective 80 yards on that. So not a math whiz here, but the eight times they ran the ball, they're getting, like, 10 yards a carry. Yeah, so, Gus Edwards had one carry for 15 yards in the first half. Yeah, and they weren't even playing him. I, I know he may have been banged up a little bit, but I – like yeah, his one like carry, his hill. one carry went for 15 yards. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> even if he was banged up, why the fuck did you sign Dalvin Cook? Yeah, he had zero touches. He didn't even go in the game. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. So it's like, what was the fucking point? You, you got a couple carries in the divisional game against. Yeah, Houston. that was the point. We played for the divisional round. <laughs> that sounds honestly, it sounds about right. Hey, congratulations on the Ravens beating the team that had the number two overall pick last year. Yeah, Lamar's hang uh, the banner. I, the the playoff monkey is off of uh, Lamar's back now. I will he... I will say, I will say that the people that are like he he can't do it is kind of pissing me off because whatever he hasn't done it yet getting to the Super Bowl, but it seems like every year it changes to he can't win a playoff game. Oh well, he can't get past the divisional round. And I was like, oh, he lost in the AFC Championship game, so he can't win the big one. It's like, well, the big one seems to be changing every year. I think I think he still can do it. I think we've seen enough in the regular season and now a couple postseason wins that he has the ability to do it. I wouldn't go that far. Um, yeah, but with, I mean, even, even this game, he played as worse as he possibly could. If Zay Flowers doesn't fumble, we're still very much in the game. Despite him playing bad. So to say it can't be done just doesn't seem right. If you're saying it can't be done because Patrick Mahomes will never lose in the AFC, then maybe you have a point. But to say I don't – watching Lamar play football, he can't win this game, I don't know that that holds. I mean, when he has 11 turnovers and six playoff games and his two wins are against the Texans who had the number two pick last year – yeah, so, I mean, if we're going to change it to who can he be, I mean, fine. No. If you want to play hey. that game, fine. Like, but, like, people were saying he'll never be the AFC Championship game, and now they're saying, well, he only made it because he played the Texans. It's like he still played a playoff game, win or go home, with zero turnovers and 31 points. It's like it can be done. Can I finish the thought now? Yes. Thanks. Um. I think context does need to be added, though, because every time he's played the elite teams in the postseason, he's shrunk. Um, it's just a fact. Congrats. Like, he's beat a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach this year, and his previous, his only other playoff win was against fucking Ryan Tannehill. Like, whoop he fucking do He has 11 turnovers in six playoff games. Everyone's killing Dak Prescott, saying he's horrible in the playoffs. Let's compare his numbers to Lamar's playoff numbers. It's not even... Did Dak play? Did Dak play in an NFC Championship game at any point in his career? Oh, Genuine correct. question. Genuine question. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Okay. 
Okay. So he's made it further than Dak. Congratulations. They still have the same amount of playoff wins. Yeah. Over a different amount of seasons. No, actually, they're one's two and five. The other is two and four. And Lamar didn't have a season-ending injury. Sure, he missed the postseason last year, but I, were you going to really try and think he would have won that game against uh, Cincinnati last year? No. Maybe. I mean, we we lost by seven after a 99-yard fumble return for a touchdown. Not like we got blown out. The game would be good. He kind of own the Bengals as well. So that, that, again, I'm adding context like you were doing, but I'm saying that is a playoff game where, like, I think he actually would play well because historically he always plays well against the Bengals. You do realize Joe Burrow, like, lights them up every single time they've played. Oh, I mean, I'm not disputing that Burrow plays well against the Ravens. I'm just saying the Ravens usually win, and when the Ravens win, it's because Lamar played well. Like, it's just... Back to the game itself, it uh, it seemed like they had figured the offense out and just, like, had shaken off everything that they were dealing with early in the season where they would just completely stall out and it looked terrible, and it just sem- seemed like they were back in that, that trap again in this game. Again, I credit my, to the Chiefs, but, my, yeah. My whole, my whole point, I guess, is that I don't think – in any situation, I don't think I'm going to be the guy that says they can't do it because they haven't done it. You know, I, I don't think, like, yeah, he played like shit this this past week. That doesn't mean I think he's going to play like shit every time he's in a high-pressure situation. Well, he has most of the time in the playoffs. Yeah, most of the time, but he also has won. And yeah, that's he's... all also in the like, – yes, you – I mean, your, we're never going to agree because your point is your point is based off what's happened in the past, and my point is in the future it could be different, which in theory it could be. So, well, yeah. it's like one of those arguments where it's like there's no point of having it because it hasn't happened yet. So, the only way we can finish this conversation is at after his career if he never got it done, because if he wins one Super Bowl, all of this talk about not being able to get it done is all for naught. Yeah, but there's a zero percent chance of that happening. I mean, it's not zero. It's, it's until he's until he's out of the league. It's not zero. I can guarantee it's zero. Okay, and then okay, that's the point. The people that are making this argument is like, then when he wins it, you're just like, oh yeah, he won it. You won. Well, <laughs> like not- the, the zero turns to a hundred, and then it's like everything you said was like, okay, just wrong. He is the fourth best quarterback in the conference. The team is not going to be any better than it was this season with his contract. So this was their chance. And with Burrow coming back fully yeah. healthy. I guess we'll see. I guess the but, only way to end this conversation is with we'll see. And every single high-pressure moment in these playoff games, what has he done? The fucking criminal pick on the goal line. Against it, was, Buffalo. it was pretty high pressure when we were beating the Texans by just – at halftime, I think we were winning by what three or or seven no, or something. Ten, ten at halftime, it was ten at halftime. Yeah, no, ten, 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 ten at halftime. Ten, ten. So it was tied at halftime. Yeah. In a I playoff guess, game, that was winner go home. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely there was definitely no pressure there. Remind me, what was the Texans' record the year before? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I think they had three or four wins. Okay. But there's also a Texans team that had a playoff win under their belt already. 
they played Joe Flacco. Yeah, I mean, we like, can just we, keep. What are we doing here? I don't. I, yeah, what are we doing here? We'll just we'll see. Yeah, we. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There is <laughs> one final. I think you actually reposted it, Jay. It's honestly just more of a mean stat than anything, but it's not great. I think it's that, like, Lamar in the playoffs, whenever his opponent scores more than, like, 14 points, they lose or something, which, 13. like, that's not great. And, granted, that's kind of misleading because, like, again, in like, they did score a lot against the Texans. I know they – I think they scored 20 in their other win, but, yeah, that's not a great stat either. But, no, again – No, not a great stat historically. I yeah. agree with you, Josh, though, that it's just impossible to, you know, like we just have to rehab the conversation five years from now. Sure. I mean, by the law of averages, if you make the playoffs every season, I would hope you would get it done once. But, you know, who knows? We'll see. That's what we're going to do. We're going to see. Does law, law of averages equals 0% chance? To me, it does. We got to go back to statistics, boys. We have a... Uh, sample size large enough. <clears throat> I mean, six games now, and he's been good in one of them against a team that had the number two overall pick last year. So, with a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. Yes. But hey, that, that and, a pl- and a playoff win. Yeah, they, with a playoff win against the you know guy that was on the couch two months ago. Yeah. Big dub. Who threw two pick sixes in that game. Yes, correct. Got it. Forced by the defense that Lamar scored 31 on. He threw for 150 yards. If Tamiko scored 31 points. If they just wanted to not let him run all over the place, it would have been a different game like they did in the first half. Correct. Would have been a different game. <clears throat> Lions Niners. Um, this one was I'm, hard to watch. I'm not sure if this game could have been worse for me. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. And it's a shame because I, I've always been a Purdy guy. Um, I mean, people don't forget he was going to be, you know, at worst a second round pick his junior year at Iowa State. Um. But good God. And I'll, I'll, all right, let me backtrack for a second because this is the overarching theme of this game. People trying to crucify Dan Campbell for going for it when that's been their M.O. all season is fucking infuriating. Furthermore, if Josh Reynolds, who gets paid millions of dollars to catch a football, simply catches the yeah. football, no one's we're not even having this discussion. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Dan Campbell has the balls the size of fucking – enter big thing here. Um, like, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's so infuriating that people do that. Like, if that idiot, again, who is paid millions of dollars to catch a football, simply catches the football, the Lions win that game, the Lions win the Super Bowl, and we have a week one rematch, which everyone's pumped up about. Instead, we're just essentially going to watch 2019 all over again. So, um, I, I think it's absolutely unfair for people to go after Dan Campbell for those decisions. Um, it's just, you, you play to win the game. And yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, that's what he was 
that's what he was doing, and the players didn't execute. Um, so and, and coming off the Ravens game, I'd much rather lose playing the style that got you there than completely changing your style of play and it not working. Yeah, and also on top of because you can't you can't you can't ridicule the Ravens for switching what they do and then ridicule the Lions for doing what they always do. One of them has to be the right way to go about things. Yeah, and on top of that, the offense still scored 31 points. They're not the ones that blew the game. You know, it's the same Justin Herbert, uh, Jacksonville argument we've, we've had before. Like, they scored 31 points against the Niners in San Fran. Like, they did their fucking job. If that, not even talking about Josh Reynolds, if that dumbass, the Niners' biggest play of the game, if that dumbass doesn't just let the ball hit off his fucking head and go right yeah. into Ayuk's arms, like, what are we doing here? It's just, that was essentially the same play as the fucking Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, the Edelman catch. You know, it's just those two plays alone. Honestly, the game, I think the Lions would have wanted just Josh Reynolds catches the ball, who gets paid millions of dollars to catch the ball. Um, but you add in that IUK play, and it's just like, all right, it just seems like it wasn't their day regardless of what they did at this point. But again, I just I think it's absolutely unfair to blame Dan Campbell. And the fact that Aaron Glenn was still getting fucking head coaching jobs after that debacle is hilarious. Yeah, as a Lions fan, you should just be happy that he's stuck to like he didn't change because of the moment. Because if they would have lost and he because he settled for a couple field goals instead of going for it, they would be twice as mad. Yeah, it'd be the same fucking. They go, you always go for it. Why not go for it this time? Exactly, and we would have essentially have the same exact discussion we just did with the Ravens game, right? So yeah, it's just outside of this podcast, the sports media landscape is just so fucking dumb. It is tough to watch, dude. Coward had like an hour long segment today about Patrick Mahomes' body. And he was just like, I don't want my quarterback to be fucking chiseled. <laughs> just like, dude, <laughs> I refuse to believe. Like, we've had how many coaching hires in the last week? Like, I refuse to believe this is all you have to fucking talk about is this viral picture of Patrick. And it's fucking, which we do need to touch on. Yeah, we do have to power rank our <laughs> fat quarterbacks. Dude, he is disgusting. And Josh Allen, by nature, compared to that, is not fat. Yeah, because at least Josh Allen has, like, some sort of muscle mass underneath everything. You yeah. would not assume Patrick Mahomes does based on those pictures. Yeah, dude. He has legitimate tits. <laughs> like, those are breasts. <laughs> I wonder if he breastfeeds their fucking daughter. <laughs> I'm not sure Brittany's a human. <laughs> I mean, I am glad to do an extensive deep dive <laughs> yeah. into the body weight of every single quarterback <laughs> and actually rank them in terms of fatness. Body fat percentage. Most importantly. Quarterback will, scale. Will hey, let, I, eye test, baby. Always the eye test. But see, here's the thing. Baker got a little cut. Are we going to Are we gonna consider Baker fat because he No, was not anymore. Fat? That's what I'm saying. No. Right, okay. Just making sure. He was at one point a little fat, a little fat guy. Oh, yeah. Year two. But, but no, no, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, have we seen a recent pick? I feel like the last pick I saw of him was not great. 
Oh, he's got a little, like, four-pack going. Has he oh, gotten yeah. back from the camera? Hold on, let me see. Baker Mayfield Churros. Oh, yeah, dude. He's fucking... Yeah. It's honestly kind of ripped now. Wait, fuck, that was 2018? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the underwear... The underwear picture he did when, like, his rookie year. Yeah, this is not his rookie year, and he lives in Tampa now. Yeah, got to stay shredded down in Tampa. I mean, you would think, but it's also, they're a different breed down there. (laughs) This picture's so fucking funny. (laughs) Uh, The way he's standing is hilarious. Um, Okay, he's not fat. Confirmed. Confirmed not fat. Wow, Burrow has abs. Solid obliques as well. Yeah, that kind of doesn't surprise me. What else is there to do in Ohio? I'll believe it when I see it. I send you the script. I know a man that completely transformed his body two different times in Ohio. Once in each direction. (laughs) (laughs) Just eating a pound of ground turkey at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Ground turkey and salsa diet. Or mustard. <laughs> <laughs> he is the weirdest human being of all time. Good. Um, I don't even know how we got on this topic. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I know, but like, how did we? How did that even come up? Good point. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever. I don't think I said a. Th- Single thing about the NFC championship. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the floor is yours, dude. Also, we were definitely not talking about either of quarterbacks in that game weight, so I really don't know how we got there. Yeah, no, I mean, Purdy, I, is, I don't even know how to describe Purdy's body because, like, when you watch him on TV, I think he's shorter than Kyle Murray. I know. He does give off, like, little boy energy. Like he, yeah, looks he has a very boyish face. Like he, he looks so young; it makes him look smaller. I yeah. think. But even just like in pads, like during the live action of the game, like he looks, like I said, he looks smaller than Kyler. This but is what the people came to hear. Which, <laughs> what is he listed at? Because whatever it is, I think he's like six. Four? Okay, he's not six four, Josh. No way. I was going to say like six one, maybe. He's listed at six one, but okay. I think it's more like five eleven. <laughs> I mean, he does not look big. Anyway, Dan Campbell, however, I think he coached a great game. I mean, he even went for he he took a field goal to go up three scores when he could have going for it on fourth down in the red zone at the end of the half. And he like wisely took points and they blew a huge lead. That's, that's pretty much all it comes down to. I mean, whatever you want to blame, like they had a big enough lead, especially against Kyle Shanahan that they just shouldn't have blown it. It was sad to see. Wow. This is actually really cool. And this just came out three hours ago. Jed York, who's the owner of the Niners, um, was asked about Brock Purdy, 
And apparently before, like during last year's training camp, so before he even, you know, got the job, um, Kyle Shanahan came up to me after practice and he's like, hey, man, we got to talk. He's like, I think our third string quarterback's our best quarterback. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great story for sure. I mean, I feel good for him and uh, like he like you said, he was a great player in college and he you said Jay, he he stayed and played a lot of ball, right? Like he was there all four years. No, oh, so yeah. He played he, he had yeah. He he's played like a lot. Very, right. So esque. Right, in the sense that, you know, he had seen a lot of football. And, you know, he didn't play at an insanely powerful school. So, like, he probably had some tough games and shitty offensive lines and stuff like that. So I'm sure he was just, you know, more ready to be thrown into the fire than most people. And, yeah, he's played well. It's a great story. I certainly don't dislike him. But, uh... Well, those Iowa State teams were were really fucking good. That's another thing that pissed me off about the whole Brock Purdy rhetoric. It's like it's not like this guy was. I understand he's quote unquote Mr. Irrelevant, but it's not like he was actually irrelevant. Like during like three out of his four years, they were routinely in the top twenty-five. They beat Oklahoma twice with Baker. Um, you know, Brees Hall was there. David Montgomery came through there. Alan Lazard. Um, it's not like they were lacking, you know, talent around him. Uh, Matt Campbell was he turned down the Texas job, like. So I just the Brock Purdy rhetoric really frustrates me. Honestly, the rhetoric about just about everything in the sports media world pisses me off. But you know, whatever. That's why we're here. Yeah. Speaking of, um, goddamn, where'd it go? There's something on Twitter I saw. Dude, Nick Bosa is hilarious. And I kind of don't, I kind of don't understand him at all, but he's, he's hilarious. He's my man crush. Like if I, if I would cheat on my girlfriend for any man, it would be him. It's probably not relevant to what you were referring to, but yeah, he's my. <laughs> just need to be Next there. episode will be just us discussing every quarterback shirtless and just all the men we would have gay sex with if we were <laughs> to leave our respective relationships. Yeah, so we have rank 10 fattest quarterbacks and then the 10 hottest guys in the NFL. <laughs> we cater everybody. Speaking of that, um, no, actually not at all, but <laughs> did you guys see the Broncos are going to try and trade up for Caleb Williams? Ew. No, I did not see that. Dude, I would suck my own dick or try to at least. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, has to be streaming somewhere if you're going to go for it. Yeah. Sean Payton and Caleb Williams or Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert. Quite the division for you. I was going to say, will you be confident? The new AFC West guy. (laughs) Dude. I, I mean, I officially don't have a team at this point. Um, If I had to power rank my favorite teams, I have four now. Uh, well, I would, I would have four hypothetically if they had Caleb Williams. Let me preface it with that. So if Caleb were to somehow find his way, honestly, whatever team Caleb goes to is going to be in the top four. Number one, Buffalo. 
Number two, Chargers. Number three, Steelers. Four, wherever Caleb gets drafted. Yikes. That is a brutal top four. The only way the only way the Steelers climb back into my good graces is trading for Justin Fields. <laughs> that is not, really the not who? Bo Nix, you don't want them to draft him? I would rather have Justin Fields. Especially since Arthur Smith's the new OC. Which honestly, yeah, how do you feel about that? In the coach talk, um, yeah, let's, let's try to keep some train of thought going here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like the hire. I mean, he fits perfectly for what they're going to try and do. I mean, the Steelers are just going to try to be, you know, that 2018, 2019 Titans team where it's like quarterback, don't fuck up, pound the run, play good defense. Um, we'll, we'll see. So he's the perfect guy to be calling the plays for it. Um, I still am just not a Kenny Pickett believer, much like the Jed York, Kyle Shanahan story I just told. It took the Steelers until what week 15 to realize, Hmm, maybe our third string quarterback's the best on the roster. So, um, there's a report today though, that the Steelers are potentially going to target Tannehill. So Christ. <laughs> Shoot me, please. Like, I just don't. Okay. Um, trying to stay <laughs> with Arthur Smith. I just feel like his downfall in Atlanta was they never had the quarterback right. You know, they had Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan. You know, the defense was solid. Like, they were going to consistently be a seven to nine win team until they got the quarterback right. They never had that chance. Now the Steelers, it's essentially going to be the same fucking thing because we have the talent around him. I feel like someone like Justin Fields would be the perfect guy for a run-heavy offense that Arthur Smith would want to run. Like you have Najee, Jalen Warren, and then you add in a, a guy who's 6'3", 230, and runs a 4'4", at the quarterback spot. Like that's three guys that can legit run. And then you have Pickens on the outside. Christ, I guess Deontay Johnson – and Fryermuth, like, I'm sorry, that sounds like a pretty damn good offense to me. And then you add in how good the defense is. They're going to spend more money and more draft capital on the offensive line. I would be super optimistic. Um, but for now, like, I like the Arthur Smith hire, but as long as Kenny Pickett's the quarterback, I need to, I need to see something because um, I'm pretty much out on Kenneth. My uh, only two real notes on the whole coaching hire cycle is, well, I guess I have three points. One, I'm surprised with how many defensive guys got head coaching jobs. Meaning, yeah, like, five. I think, yeah, um, may, I know Ben Johnson decided to stay, but I'm surprised that you know I, I don't know what's going on with the enemy, but he's certainly not getting a head coaching shot anywhere. And then, obviously, the, the second big point is the fact that Belichick and Vrabel both got left out. The Belichick thing I kind of get because that would have taken a very unique situation for him to take a job. But I'm shocked that, like, for instance, Dan Quinn got a job before Mike Vrabel did. 
Well, I you just reference like ha- what he did with the Titans a couple years ago. So I yeah, think I, he's a great coach, and I'm just shocked by that. That's my. I, I think Vrabel. I think Vrabel's going more the Sean Payton route, where he's like going to take a year off. Because if you think about it, I know certain people have been discussing it, but it's also very viable. Like next year, like going into 2024 season, there's going to be some really good potential jobs open because there's a lot of guys on the hot seat. You know, Sirianni. If if these two new coordinators don't work out, he's toast. Um, McDermott, if he crumbles in the playoffs again, he's toast. Um, fuck. The Jets, if they have another performance. Yeah, the the Jets, and that's, you know, really, honestly, it actually doesn't matter. If if Rodgers gets hurt again and only plays like, um, half the, half the season, like, I don't know. I think regardless, Sal is gone if they, if they don't win at least 10 games. Um, I feel like there's still another another viable team out there, but regardless, I just think there's gonna be better options out there than fucking Washington or Seattle, um, Carolina, all these teams that don't have a sure thing at quarterback when there potentially could be sure things and teams ready to win now next year. All right, last thing for me, Jay, Sophie's choice. Who are you going to blame at the end of this coming season when the Chargers inevitably melt down because it's the Chargers? Is it going to be Jim's fault or is it going to be Justin's fault? Well, it obviously would depend solely on uh, the situation in which they crumble, but I don't think they're going to. Um, It also depends on what your definition of crumble is, like, if they get into the playoffs and they play a competitive game but lose, like, is that considered crumbling? Because to me, that would be a big success. You know, year one, Harbaugh's been out of the league for almost a decade. Uh, Chargers coming off a, you know, five or six win season. So like, I wouldn't they, if, crush them for if that. They, yeah, so that, no, I would say anything – given, again, the coaching hire and the quote-unquote talented roster that they have every year and how good Herbert is, allegedly, I would say them getting to the playoffs and playing badly or losing and losing in their first playoff game, that or anything worse, as in not even making it, would consider crumbling. Making it and losing, but if, if your scenario happened, I certainly wouldn't consider that crumbling, but I would still consider it not that successful of a season. Yeah, uh, the AFC is as competitive as it was this year, you know, where, you know, a couple divisions have three or four teams legitimately in the playoff hunt. Um, And, like, say they go 9-8 and or 10-7 and and they miss the playoffs entirely. I'm also not going to crush them for that because of just how horrible they were this year. And also I think it's going to take Harbaugh at least a year to kind of set the culture, and also, I mean, they have to make a lot of uh, changes in terms of personnel because their cap situation right now is horrific. It's like either Bosa or Khalil Mack is gone. Derwin James is probably gone. So uh, they still have the J.C. Jackson contract on on the books. So, like, they got a lot of shit they got to figure out. Um, So, again, I'm I'm not going to crush them. 
if they, you know, are nine and eight or so, ten and seven. Um, now, if they go like six and eleven again, you know, unless they have catastrophic injuries, um, I would kind of sound the alarm. But there's a lot that goes into it, so I, I can't say without it actually happening. I think Josh said he can't finish. Oh, I didn't, I don't even have my phone with me. But, yeah, that's it for me on Coach Talk. I don't know if you have anything else, but, I mean, you kind of summed it up by just saying all the other jobs aren't that great of jobs, so I don't really have anything big to say. Like, Canales in Carolina, like, puke, we'll see. I think no one else has a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously, David Tepper has shown he may not be the best person to work for, <laughs> to be determined. But I do yeah. really uh, McDonald to Seattle. I think Seattle, honestly, I think that would have, outside of the Chargers job, I think that was the best job. Because, um, I mean, their team is fucking loaded outside of quarterback. So, yeah, that's my biggest thing. Like, he's a defensive guy. So he's already at a disadvantage quarterback-wise. Like, you know, he's not a play caller or anything, and they don't have that situation sorted. But I do think roster-wise, they have a great, great young defense that he can probably – he was licking his chops at. He can get that defense top-notch very quickly, I'm sure. But, yeah, I just – yeah, they are in the NFC, which was also a smart move, but – they just got to get their quarterback situation sorted before they can be taken seriously. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, in my opinion, they have the best corner tandem in the NFL. I'll take Witherspoon and Threequel in any day of the week over every other duo out there. Even the real best duo so, that's playing Super Bowl, McDuffie and Sneed. Uh, yeah. IDK, bud. They're good, for sure. But... Yeah, and I don't think Snead... Okay, let's just say there's a, a, a clear top three. Those two, and then uh, Reed and Sauce. I would say that would be the top three, but I'm not going to go into the weeds of ranking corner duos. Yeah, fair. But, um, yeah, with that said, I mean, there's not really much to say, I guess, other than Super Bowl prediction. What do you got? Give me a score or two. Yeah. I think he wants to do an in-depth episode next week, but just right off the cuff to end it. I obviously like the Chiefs. Um, I'm going oh, to yeah. say. Let's just, let's just go with the winner then. Okay. All right. I like the Chiefs. I just, again, Mahomes has just, it's one of those things where we're in the situation now where it's like, I've got to see Mahomes not do it for me to doubt him. Like the last time, like it was just like, okay, they're in over their head. There's no way they're going to win this game was when they got blown out by the Bucks three fucking Super Bowls ago. So it's like, I'm taking Mahomes. This is the best defense he's ever had. So I have no reason to doubt that I'm going into this game as talented as San Fran is. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And they have officially hit the point where I used to be with the Patriots, where it's just like, if they lose, awesome. Like, going forward, if they lose, awesome. But at this point, I'm just never going to bet against them ever again, regardless yeah. of what they look like in the regular season. It's going to be, obviously, not for me as a Chiefs fan, but it's like, it is crazy now being on the inside after, you know, seeing the Patriots dynasty for so long, just being like, well, it's inevitable. Like, if they lose, obviously not for me, but for everybody else, it's like a pleasant surprise. But there's just no reason to think that's going to happen. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It sucks because, like, we had a brief, you know, glimpse of real parity in the NFL. And then we went, <laughs> and then Brady wins the Super Bowl year one with Tampa. So it's just like, all right, Christ, Tom Brady is just going to win regardless. And then we go from that straight into another dynasty, essentially. Well, I shouldn't say essentially. I mean, Christ is their fourth Super Bowl appearance in how many years? Five, six. So, I mean, that's yeah. just like where my from. I just want to see more parity. Like, honestly, like the NFC, like who would have thought the Bucks and Lions would have been playing to see who goes in the NFC championship this season? Yeah, that's, that certainly can be nice, but it's um, your favorite person ever, Nick Wright, brought up a really good point, actually, with the whole, you know, what's the next Brady Manning thing. And he was saying, like, before – Peyton retired where obviously Brady just pulled away and won multiple more Super Bowls like he was a genuine rival in terms of stats he had more MVPs he had finally got him at least once in the playoffs or something and then you know um, Flacco had his years Ben had his years Aaron Rodgers had his moments you know what I mean but it really, at this point, just feels like it's Mahomes and then everyone else. Like, the, in terms of accomplishments, the closest person to him right now may even be Lamar because he's made it to a championship and has two MVPs. But you, nobody in their right mind could have watched the AFC championship game we just watched in Baltimore and be like, this guy's not clearly better. And that's, you know, can be said for yeah. everyone else at this point. I just, I mean, I agree. Um, I would just say I would probably go with Aaron over Lamar just because he's currently playing and, you know, Christ has four MVPs. And we're only a couple years removed from him winning back-to-back MVPs. So I'd probably go with Aaron over Lamar. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I agree. Uh, Mahomes is certainly – um, separated himself. And honestly, it's kind of goes with the point I made earlier. Like, it's just a consistency thing. Like, as much as I love Josh Allen, and again, I do think his A-plus game is better than Patrick Mahomes' A-plus game, it's Mahomes, more often than not, is going to give you an A-minus or better, whereas Josh you know, sure, you can get an A-plus game, but you also, at the very same time, could get, you know, a C game. Because um, I think that's the, the primary difference. Like, yeah. Mahomes, we've seen Mahomes play truly. Like, how many truly just bad games start to finish? I don't think there's yeah. more than maybe two. 
Yeah, not a lot. And even like the, you know, there's that stat where he's like never been blown out more than like one or two games or something, which is crazy. And you can make the argument even in the Bucks Super Bowl, he personally didn't play that bad. Like he, there were a couple touchdowns that bounced off people's faces in that game while he was running for his life. So he's just become similar to Brady, obviously not as a player, but in terms of just watching them, he's he's gotten to the point now where he will just do just enough of whatever it takes to always win, whether it's throwing, whether it's running, whether it's getting a penalty, you know, and I, like it's just whatever it takes, he's going to find a way in a way that no one else can on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, 100%. And it's, again, I just, it's infuriating. But also at the same time, I'm just starting to appreciate it because, I mean, it's just insane to be that good that often. Yeah, that's the only argument against the parody because it is cool to not know what's going to happen. But then you also see him and you're like, it's nice to know, like, we are literally watching, like, the best you can possibly be at this game, not a bunch of Division Three scrubs. Um, hold on. There's one thing I want to point out about Mahomes. So in the last two playoff games, he's thrown 15 incompletions. <laughs> out of, let's see, it's 23 plus 39. So essentially out of 60, he's 45 or 60 the last two playoff games with no turnovers. That's ridiculous. I've seen the stats as well. I I don't know if he's quite to 16 or 17 playoff games yet for a full season. He's close. But if you just compile his playoff games into one season worth of stats, that in itself is absurd. Like, I'm making up averages here, but it's like over 4,000 yards, like 38 touchdowns, and like six picks or something. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's an MVP-level season just in playoff games. Yeah, and I don't think he's at uh, even a full season yet because he he just passed Ben or is now tied with Ben in playoff wins, and he's at like 12 or 13, and he's only lost, what, two, three? Three, yeah. The Patriots, AFC Championship, the Super Bowl, and uh, the Bengals. Yeah. So, so he's at worst like thirteen and three. <laughs> yeah, thirteen and three with MVP level stats just in the playoffs alone is insane. Yeah. So, all right. Again, I'm gonna go throw up now. We can end on that note, and we will be. I don't know when we're gonna put out the next episode of Super Bowl preview, but. We shall return to fight another day.